Alright, what's going on guys? Thank you for checking out the podcast. This is supposed to be a different podcast. This is your man, Gerard Kenneth. Um, and this is episode 50. We didn't made it to episode 50. I'm really happy. <laughs> and uh this is gonna be uh this episode is called Big Bro Talks featuring Ron Frierson. Oh man, I'm already smiling. I'm so excited about this particular episode. Um Shoot, where where do I begin with this man? Good grief. I've been knowing him since I was like itty bitty. And that's the best way to, to, to start off like that. I've been knowing him since I was itty bitty. And I always looked up to him and his siblings to just... We're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk, man, because this man is doing some big things in California and um he just been ever since I've known him, that's always been been the case. And I just I just really marveled at this guy. So even behind closed doors, we talked a little bit. And by the way, I did take notes. Even when you were talking on the phone real quick, I was just like, man, this is good. Let me take notes. That's that's just the type of just the type of person I am. So I feel like I might need to take notes again. So um, <laughs> without further ado, let us go ahead and introduce this brother, Mr. Ron Fryson. Sir, how are you doing this afternoon? Gerard, my brother, I'm doing well, man. <laughs> I'm doing well. So good to see you. So good to hear from you. And I'm happy to be here today. Man, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, man, I'm really, whew, I'm excited because it's like, because it was, what was interesting is that, um, like just us talking behind closed yeah they, here they go right here um behind us uh when we were talking behind closed doors you were just giving wisdom i was like boy if you ain't your daddy's son <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm definitely yeah. yeah so I, I i thought it was really cool man so um i call it big bro talks basically i'm basically me being a a little brother and in, in from from a certain perspective for, for people who don't know um ron and i uh well, as far as my memory serves me, <laughs> I just remember him at New Covenant Christian Center. That's that's how I remember him. Um, he's been knowing my mom uh, before I was even born. My mother was like just kind of like looking out for him and his siblings and stuff like that. So my mom's been a part of the family, like being close to the family for like year, 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 years. So, but for as far as my own personal memory, it was at New Covenant. I just remember him when we were at the Y, when we were over there on Hayden Street in Saginaw, Michigan. And um, you were just always doing big things. I was like, geez, this dude cannot lose. And I, 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 I never thought like that in my head as a kid. All I thought was, Man, this guy is so cool. I want to be like him. <laughs> but see, I think it was good to have to to see you at um in that perspective. Um, but I'm under, I'm under the impression that you know, being a PK, you know, there's there's some pressure. But I don't know. I don't I don't really think. Did you actually get that kind of pressure growing up being a PK? Well, you know, um, so um, my pop hasn't been a pastor my entire life. Um, he got serious about uh, the ministry, like really serious about the ministry and regarding, you know, going and doing his own thing back when I was in high school, I believe. Really? Um, yeah. So, so we went a, a long time now. We've always been involved with the church mm -hmm. and especially my mother uh, when I was little. And then dad kind of 
caught up with my mom was and just took it to another level. Wow. So always been involved with the church and you talk about our fantasy. When I was a little kid, I remember your mom mm-hmm. and she back with us, like back when I grew up going to Williams Temple Church. Yeah. And so, um, so your mom is like family to us and I, my earliest memories include her. So it feels like I'm, I'm wow. there for you. Yes. And so, yeah, so when uh, so when you came around, you and your sister, you guys were just like little cousins of mine already. Just Oh, little. man. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, flat out, in regards to being a PK, I, I, um, I never really... I get it though because you mm. do have a lot more attention on you because you know your dad um, uh, your, your your parents you know are trying to help people better their lives and sometimes because of that they are put on a pedestal to be the the extraordinary perfect example and their families right. do the same thing mm-hmm. one thing that you know I've always, kind of loved about my parents is that they understand and I think this is one of the reasons why they're so embraced by the community mm-hmm. they understand that they and my dad is called to be a pastor mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that um, you won't have issues like real life issues to yeah. deal with yeah. just because your parents they have to deal with the same sort of issues that a lot of the, um, the, the members of the church or someone else visiting coming off the street have All to right. deal with and so, and that actually makes it, that makes it even more uh, impactful uh, because now they can relate to mm-hmm. what people are dealing with. Yeah. And I've all, you know me, I've been a basketball dude. And then, yep. so when I started to get, when I started to get a lot of attention for basketball, I think both of those two parts of me kind of helped each other because mm-hmm. I knew my height and for other other reasons I started to stand out wherein I knew I I didn't blend well no I'm already looking to do so I didn't blend (laughs) and so because I've always known that there were eyeballs on me that kind of kept me like saying okay conduct yourself in a certain way and also the fact that I am a pastor's son and I carry his name and I've always respected my parents I've never wanted to do anything to to embarrass them. So both of these sides kind of kept me in check in regards to, and part of it is just my, my natural, you know, my natural tendency, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I tried to, wanted to be an example to my younger brother and sister. And then the other two things, like I said, was the fact that I was an athlete that was starting to get a lot of recognition locally around town. So yeah. they knew who it was and the fact that my parents were being the example in the community that they were trying to be, and I'm carrying my father's name, so I mean, okay, comport yourself accordingly because it's not all about you. So long story short, I know it's not all about me, and that's why I conduct myself a certain way. Ron, what in the world? So, (laughs) wait a minute. So you had this mindset as a teenager? You was already like, okay, I know what I gotta do. It looks like this. This... While you were talking, I mean, the, the, the thought process probably wasn't as well articulated as I just mentioned, uh-huh. but essentially, yeah, essentially, I knew that I've always been kind of 
protective of my brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to be a certain way so that they, you know, would be proud of their older brother. Right. Um, wow. And then also, I've always kind of had this little protective thing over my parents, maybe because I'm the oldest mm-hmm. and they had me when they was basically kids. So I've always okay. had this yeah. kind of protective thing in them. Why wow. I didn't. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't have my rebellious streak. I but think we all have. <laughs> my rebellious streak has always come with limits. I've, I've mm-hmm. always said, okay, whatever go- is going on with me. Uh, in my rebellious streak, it will only go so far because, again, it's not just me. It's me, Damon, and Gina. It was right. me, Ronnie, and Georgette. So, mm-hmm. or, or Emma and Harry, or Grace and yeah. George, or yeah. Ruth, Brenda. So, I always had to have this in in the back of my mind, that and I did. Crazy. Yeah, so. Weird, huh? That's why I got yeah. premature gray hair. That's why I got gray so early. Man, but you're still, well, you're like in your 40s, right? You're at least like, what, 10? Yeah. You're yeah. like 10, what, 10, 12? Because I'm 36. You're like 10, 12 I'm years not, older? I'm 48 now, so. No, yeah. you're not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, no way. Yeah, yeah. 48? No, yes, I don't believe that, man. I, I really I really thought you were like 40, 42, 44. I was like, ah, oh, man, he ain't that old. Listen, I'm 48, and I'm so happy to be 48. And I'll say the same thing when I'm 78, 88, 98. One of the things, especially live out here in L.A., since we just kicking it, I'm just going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That there's a premium put on youth, perhaps mm. too. So I look at it a different way. I, I, Of course, I, what I love about youth is the opportunities you have to recreate yourself and the opportunities you have to push forward in a better way. Mm-hmm. But I revere and respect time and I respect elders and so because of that I'm writing notes I'm sorry (laughs) because of that because I respect time and respect elders uh, a friend of mine my college roommate Sean Kirkland his pops told me who I call pops his pops told me he said you know the secret to be happy being happy is to be comfortable in your skin at whatever age you are you are Meaning that if you are 25, be comfortable in being 25. Don't mm. be, don't act like you're 18 and don't act like you're 40. I'm 48. I am happy to be 48. And you know, I know a lot of people and people I love that didn't make it to this point. And then I look ahead to where my parents are and beyond and I want to get to that point. So mm. being in the present, appreciating time, understanding where you are, being comfortable with your own age, your own skin, that's that's the the secret of you no know, uh, of of happiness or even eternal youth because it's all up here for the most part. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm really. I'm literally. I'm. Hold on. Let me show you. One I'm really writing notes. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is good. Well, I'm working on another book, Ron, and yeah. um, the book is going to be called King. Uh, I released the. I released the book in 2018, in reference mm-hmm. to relationships. It's just called Why Love. We're created for a relationship, and it was just. Essentially, almost like the the um, foundation of like why in the world people get married. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in reference to like our perspective. Be, you know what I'm saying? Being a Christian, being a believer. How does that look in reference to how the world looks at it? So it's like there's some parallels 
from from like our perspective and the world's perspective, I mean, in reference to money and taking care of your spouse and having kids, but then it's like another other there's another perspective is you know we really want to look at character and stuff like that. But hold on, because I'm really secret to happiness. I'm sorry, I'm writing this down because I'm like, oh, if you don't mind. Can I quote you sometimes in my book? Because <laughs> I wasn't Ooh. expecting that to happen. But I was like, oh, man, you talking good. This is really good stuff. So <sighs> I'm glad that you you mentioned that, man. Um, being in California. Now, uh, behind closed doors, we I was talking to you. And I was thinking more about it. And I was thinking about your response. And you was just like, what is that? And I was like, well, something's amiss here. But, and it's not in reference to you. It's like, you're so focused on other stuff that little stuff like this doesn't matter. So the thing that I was talking about behind closed doors is, uh, and give me a sec, because I'm going to switch this back. So what I was talking about before was the, the concept of a high-valued man and a high-valued woman. And in reference to us men, it was primarily like your money and stuff like, just pretty much the money, how much you make. Your image may play a part into you being a high-valued man, but it's pr primarily your money. What can you offer financially? But behind closed doors, you said, what's that? And I thought more about it. I'm like, man, this dude is so focused that he don't even care about this that conversation. And I'm like... And I guess I, I guess my question is is like is that a poor man's thought, and not in the sense of financial, but just in your mindset. Like, are we thinking like poor people want somebody that's uh, what's the word affluential? From I don't know, man. It's just a thought that I had. I was like, man. You know, um, I look at it different because I've had money, I've not had money. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been on both sides of that fence, this and the other. So it's not really about that. But I've, I've never been poor, mm -hmm. but I have been in points in my life where I've had less. And because I believe poor is a state of mind, poor is whether or not you have the means to improve yourself. Now, there's, there's and I, I spoke at my alma mater about this once before in the course of your life and the course of your career hardly ever is a complete ascension where mm. everything going up and going your way all the time you will have dips in life okay, okay? Yeah. and those dips can come in many ways shape or form those dips can come health-wise those dips can come financially because of job security those dips can come emotionally and dealing with you know uh, family or divorce or whatever right, so right. so that in and of itself is part of the journey now mm -hmm. what prepares you for that journey are your core values and your core beliefs so that those dips won't be as damaging and last as long mm -hmm. those that's important so when you're talking about you know i think that for any adult the 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 goal should be um, being a productive, self-sufficient adult, meaning that you can take care of yourself. And hopefully, if you can take care of yourself to the point of abundance, then you can bring on other responsibilities mm -hmm. for the spouse or children. But first, you have to be able to take care of yourself as a fully functioning adult, being able to cover bills, being able to take care of your personal business, because right. that's important. Now. The reason I the way the way you framed the question when we first spoke of this, it had it wherein you place your value on the amount of money that you make. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So if that if that were the way I looked at it, when I made a whole lot of money, then my value of what I could contribute to um, humanity or society was fantastic. Wow. But yeah. When I experienced a downturn, now does all of my value leave because I'm not making as money as much money? Yeah. Than yeah. Not the way it works. You're the same person, and mm-hmm. you still you own your trek. You, so, and then also what that does, if you decide to go into a noble profession, let's say you wanted to become a teacher, which mm. a very noble profession and is needed. And if someone decided to become a teacher, they are going into that profession, understanding that they will probably not become wealthy being a teacher, right. but their value to society and their value to the community is immense. But with that being said, if you place that value just in monetary, then to everybody else, you're not really doing anything because you're just a teacher. You're not making that much money. Right. So that's that you don't place place your value in your purpose, and then the money will come. And or I should say, better say, the compensation will come. The compensation. The compensation can be in the form of monetary reward, or the compensation can be the form of the value you add to the community or society. So if you are a business person, your value that you're adding could be for yourself personally and whatever money comes in because you help create something and now you're reaping the benefits of that. And so you're making more money and you're also hopefully being able to create jobs for others. And now mm-hmm. they can now you have a value to uh, society. And so you're a value person. If you're a teacher, you may not have the money mm-hmm. that uh, the businessmen uh, may have. But you will have impact because impact. you're going to have on the community and on those kids could ultimately benefit that businessman because now he has a better educated worker that came up through a school system that you helped to influence. So right. it all leads into each other. And that's what makes a person value. What are you in what way, shape or form are you benefiting your community? society at large that's the way i look at it you know what and i'm that's why i'm glad that i spoke with you because um i i actually do plan on later on having a video called um how to get a high value man but i wanted i was taking notes and i was like no i need to like like dissect this whole concept of what a high value man is because like the way you put it is like how i think i'm like man it's got to be more than just money but if we're focusing only on money then of course as you said like if you're at a, like a low point then you you're not worth your salt quote unquote right so i'm so man i'm so glad <laughs> but, but but just so won't be quick be uh won't be confused for people that may just be logging on mm. um when i said about no the money is important because we need that to survive yeah, absolutely. and then at the same time what i what i'm saying i guess in a nutshell is that your purpose will help the money come or the compensation come and whatever right. form that is. That compensation, if you're doing things with purpose and you're doing things with the intent of um, being the best you can at it, then the money will come. Or, let me correct myself, the compensation will mm-hmm. come. Depending on the industry and depending on what you do, that compensation can come in the form of money or that compensation can come in the form of community impact. If you are an elected official, or like I said, a teacher or school mm-hmm. principal, you don't make millions of dollars. 
Right. But right. obviously your impact, which is your conversation, the thing that brings value to you and what you do comes in a different form. It may not be in a monetary reward. It mm-hmm. comes in an impact. So I guess that's what I'm saying. So no, focus on compensation more so than the, just the financial part of compensation because right. things tend to take care of themselves. A, a good friend of mine told me, um, and I, I, I really took this to heart maybe 10, 15 years ago. He's an Israeli guy. He said, Ron, if you watch the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Pay attention on doing what you're supposed to do with the little things, mm-hmm. and you do them right. Those things add up. And before you know, you got the dollars. You know, So watch the pennies. The dollars will take care of themselves. There you go. That is good of themselves. I'm trying to write shorthanded notes. Man, that, and this is why I'm glad that I reached out to you. I'm glad that you said yes in reference to this this episode because I, I feel like it's going to be really important for, especially for us men, especially for us black men to, to, yeah. to, to have that conversation or to hear somebody talk like you know what I'm saying talking the man that you're talking because it's a it's a form of encouragement but it it brings us to it brings us back down to reality right and um not saying when I say reality in the sense that like if you just sit back and look at your situation you could be like okay I can make this work you know I may have uh, something that, um, and, and this, this is no pun because your dad, he's a bishop now, which is like mind blowing to me. But um, it's a guy, his name is uh, Nathaniel Holcomb, Bishop Nathaniel Holcomb. He died a couple years ago. But he had this thing called the Shamgar Principle. And what he said was you, uh, you do what you can. Well, you start where you're at. You do what you can and you use what you currently have available for you. And then you build upon that. And essentially, that's what I'm getting from you is like wherever you're at, you start right there and then you build from there. And I'm like, man, this is good because we're 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 living in a society. Okay, perfect example. Like we'll see you and somebody be like, well, he's established. He's this. I want this type of dude. It's like, but you don't know (laughs) his path. You don't know all the different things that he had to deal with, experience and stuff like that. There may be, hypothetically speaking, a certain point in time where, like, somebody saw you was like, nah, I don't want to deal with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because of da 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 da. But now we see you now in 2021. It's like, oh, I want that type of dude, or I want this dude, right? So it's like, how does that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, but we. I, that's why I feel as though it's so important for us to build where we're at and do what we can. Um, I'm not sure if I asked you this. Are you familiar with the term MGTOW? MGTOW. Yeah. Uh, it means men going their own way. So Men their own way. And I never yeah. heard of telling Boy, okay. So I'm going to try to give you the short version of it. So basically the short version of it is basically is there's there are brothers and there are a handful of brothers on either side. They reference um, the blue pill, red pill. I don't know. Have you heard anybody's talk like that before? Okay, so this is in reference to the Matrix. So yeah. the red pill is you see reality for what it is. And then you're like, I'm not going to play these games, but I see reality for what it is. When you take the blue pill, you're like, oh, I'm just going to fall asleep and just not be privy to what's happening in, you know what I'm saying, in, in the world with my life in reference to women and stuff like that. I'm just going to be this goofy dude for the rest of, <laughs> for the rest of my life. 
right? And so with MGTOW, you got some people that are like really, really cynical. And then you got some people that just really operate with common sense. It's like, okay, um, I liken, you know what's funny? I'm gonna tell you the story too. I liken it to the book of Proverbs. That's how I look at it. In the book of Proverbs, basically, um, a son or King Lemuel was rem- having uh, was was just uh, reminiscing about his conversations with his parents, with his mother and his father, and it was basically like, "Hey, if you want to be a king, you want to be a husband, you want to be a father, you want to be this all-around good dude here in this, you know, what I'm saying in the nation of Israel, these are the things we want to teach you, so you, you don't find yourself looking goofy or looking foolish, right?" And um, essentially, with MGTOW, it's kind of like that. Be mindful of like the the people that you deal with. Um, be just in general. Be mindful of the the women that you entertain. Be mindful of the the friends you have the, that you associate with because they can lead you down a wrong path and you find yourself in some weird financial situation, weird social situation. So, um, like I said, that's just the short version of it. Like, like that's a really short. Like, I have, there's points of agreement and points where I would probably have to know more about it to get more clarity. So yeah. the point of agreement sound like what you said in Proverbs, which is mm-hmm. something, which is a book that I think that every young person, especially every young man should read. Yeah. But um, it, just because of the, the wisdom that comes from that particular book in the gospel. Mm-hmm. But um, in regards to, uh, the red pill, pill, blue pill. I think that's one of the things that uh, is very because there's no when red and blue get together. Is that purple? Uh, yeah. And, that, oh, that's a whole. That's a whole another rabbit hole, Ron. <laughs> very, very seldom in life do you find a person that fits neatly in one or the other. There's mm-hmm. some people who are extremely disciplined in certain areas and then they're completely reckless in others. Right. So, and so the red pill or blue pill as a complete way to describe who they are as a person mm-hmm. is, is very seldom and that's the case. Very seldom in society on the, on the, on the blue um, doing things, everything right the way they're supposed to, you got Jesus Christ. Right. On the other side, you got somebody who's completely evil. You probably got Hitler, but even yeah. some Hitler's family members may have thought he was a great uncle or something. You know, so even like the, it's very hard to kind of put human beings into that. Now, with all that being said, what you aspire to be—that's uh, a clear-cut decision. Mm-hmm. And having your natural inclinations. What are your natural inclinations that you're automatically by nature? I'm more of a calm guy by nature. Yeah, but when I get up there, it's hard to get me back down. But I'm mostly a calm guy. That's just mm-hmm. my nature. Oh, so you have some people who run hot all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you are aware, that's what I'm saying, knowing where you are, knowing your your um, your pros and cons, so to speak. Mm-hmm. knowing your strengths and weaknesses, weaknesses doing an individual SWOT analysis and understanding where you need to improve and seek to improve in that area and seek to enhance what you already are good at mm-hmm. is something that comes with being an athlete and that's why I love team sports for people because it teaches you these types of things in a more physical way but it does I think that's what's important is to understand who you are strengths and weaknesses be willing to look at yourself honestly 
and see where you can improve and have a goal of where you want to be. Because if that's that's this is really that simple. But in regards to like, I don't like to put anybody in a straight up box, and which is very easy and very human to do. That makes right. it easy for us. It's easy for me to. It's easier for any person to look at another individual and say, "Oh, this person is that." Because that doesn't take a lot of thinking. That doesn't take a lot of doesn't take into account that person's full humanity and the nuances mm. of that person. But it's easier for me to classify this person. Wow. So, but you can't help that other humans will do that human thing in regards to classifying you. What you can do is understand that you don't have to classify yourself that way. Mm-hmm. You can understand that you have this nuanced thing about you where you have strengths and weaknesses and you can accept or understand your weaknesses and see how you can correct or improve on those and enhance your positives at the same time and then move towards a goal. But that's from within, each person from within looking out. And if you do that same thing, you start to think about it that way, odds are you will start to realize that same notion when it comes to other people, which will, will help you to connect with people that on the surface, you may not seem as if you could have a work relationship with or to negotiate with because your first inclination was to only see them another way. But now that's just as much of a complex human or organism as you now see, okay, there is, there are, although I can't see it now, I'm sure there's some points of commonality and this person I'm negotiating with or this person I'm dealing with or this person trying to seek to have, where are those things so we can build on that and help to make this situation more to the line, uh, align, more in alignment with what I'm looking for. So, That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, and I'm glad that you said, oh man, I, don't, I think the book is in the other room, but it was a book that um, <laughs> I was dating this, I was dating this girl and I was reading this book and I was like, okay. So, uh, but it was talking about uh, the guy he was referencing, ah, I can't think of the name of the book, but it was a really good book. But he was talking about, um, he was referencing Proverbs, but it was concerning like romantic relationships, business relationships, um, just friendships and stuff like that. Certain people are a certain way. And I, and in his, in, his, in his mind frame, he was basically saying, there's a way that you can get along with, not really like get along with everybody, but it was kind of like alluding to that. Like how you can like, kind of have some general peace with certain people but something that you said was okay so i'm going to segue into this question because you said in reference to we have to understand who we are um in reference to our strength and weaknesses and just how to improve right how to improve and correct those things so i got a question so um what do you do when you find yourself in the presence of people that okay there's two different types of people people that maybe not really self-aware of their character and their conduct conduct and it's and it's not healthy and then the other thing is what do you do with people that are are self-aware of their character and conduct and they don't care so what are you as a as an individual that's like, well, I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to make sure I have some peace, some healthiness, some healthy relationships, working relationships, uh, uh, friendships and stuff like that. What do you what can you do to maneuver through 
these types of entities? You know, it's another complex question because it all depends on that the nature of that relationship, right? Mm. Um, the way it usually works. If it's someone in, the, in a work situation that you guys bump heads, then you have to conduct yourself a certain way and you still have to deal with that person. So you mm -hmm. find you know, ways of maneuvering. It's, it's like everything in life. Life is about learning how to navigate the different relationships. In regards to my, my inner circle, I'm protective of who I allow within my inner, my very inner circle. Um, uh, and I am a, a first ballot Hall of Famer of knowing how to keep certain things at a distance, not mm. allow it too close. Uh, and I've always been that way. Now, and I can, I can, I can love someone, I can, you know, have a, a lot of affinity for a certain um, a person or a group of people, whatever, mm -hmm. but I, I'm very protective with what I allow within my peaceful space. And, and not to say that I've, uh, you know, sometimes in life, like anytime you, Sometimes you have to learn hard lessons, and that's nothing that's to be ashamed of. You sometimes you have to bump your head. Sometimes yeah. you're the problem, not the no. other. And so, and then sometimes you can you can sense that, or sometimes something you know catalytic has to happen for you to see that you know what I, I was the problem with this, like in previous relationships, where it's easy to put it on the other person. Well, yep. if you're honest with yourself, you know it. I could say it's me easily I can say now was it painful to have to admit that or is it painful to have to see that is it painful to go that entire experience of course but some lessons are painful yeah. you know that's that's the, the nature of, of life and learning you will not always be a willing student but mm. you will be in that class of life and you will learn something hopefully that you'll take forward and prove you as you move forward. But yeah, but I don't, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't worry too much about stuff like that. I mean, mm -hmm. just because uh, I live a lot of places, I've lived in two different countries, you know, I'm from Michigan, of course, yeah. I live in Texas, I live out here in, in LA. I, I, I have a very wide group of friends, and within that group of friends, I have people that are real. Um, um, confidants of mine that mm -hmm. I'm with. and um, and and I'm blessed in that regard, and I think that's part of the thing with you improving yourself. The you, the energy you put out is reflective of the energy you bring back eventually. Okay, so mm -hmm. I, with me, and I tell my nephew this all the time. I said, listen, if you hang around in a room with five people who are going nowhere not trying to do anything and not you know i don't like to call people losers but they um have a very limited future mm -hmm. that often enough eventually you will find yourself among six people like that because now you wow. become now on the other end if you're in a room with five people who are go-getters well-to-do driven and focused eventually you will be part of them and you'll be six people who are well-to-do focused and driven are moving in a good direction so you are a result of where you spend your time and who you communicate with on a constant daily basis you are part of that 
whether or not you want it or not. That's just part yeah. of being human. You absorb from your environment. So you have to be protective of the environment you're in. And that's, I, I, I'm, I, I am that way. Now, that doesn't say that, you know, I don't mess or mess with anybody or don't talk to people that may not be, you know, off into the stratosphere. That's not like that at all because mm-hmm. it's like another one of those complex things because there's some people that you have genuine love for and you always go be there for them. You're always going to give them your time. But you know, in regards to that, you know, you understand what it is and right. you don't, you're, you don't allow for whatever the thing is that's holding them back. You don't allow that to carry over into you. If anything, if they're open, then some of you will put onto them but you can't let it come on to you. So you still have to limit your time in that sort of interaction because right. you look going in a different direction. So, Man, this is just golden nuggets. <laughs> this is just a bunch of golden nuggets, Ron. I pre- I'm, when I say I, I'm taking notes, I'm really, I'm really taking notes, man, because this is... You probably ain't got time. I was going to say, why don't you get on Clubhouse and, and talk to the people <laughs> at Clubhouse? But The first time yesterday, but... I'm so busy, man. I don't really have time for it. <laughs> I, I, I've heard of Clubhouse for the first time, I think yesterday or the day before. Really? But it's, I, I don't really have, have, have time. Yeah. I have Clubhouse every day, so. Yeah, no, look, man, I got on there for, for a while. Cause I was just, you know, taking notes and listening to people talking. I was like, okay, this is good. And I'm utilizing the stuff that, I, that I'm learning. And then I'm like, man, I'm on here too much. My wife felt some type of way. I was like, yeah, I need a break. <laughs> like, I needed a break because um, there's certain rooms in there. Like, of course, now it goes back to what you were saying about depending on who you're around, who you surround yourself with. So in this case, it's who you follow. There's certain people where I may have followed them or they follow me, but we're only doing something with music, right? But then they're in a whole different room where it's not healthy to me, period. You know, it's not beneficial to me at all. And I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> so, and that's it. So it's like, it's it's just one of those things where it's, it's a, I, I use it and I look at it like um, a networking tool. Um, you know, you're, you can meet people you, you never met before. You can glean things that you never really, wherever that person lives, that never gleaned from before or never heard anything like that before. And then you got the usual suspects, the, the tomfoolery, the extracurricular um, and ridiculous activities that transpires in Clubhouse. We're not going to go there, but it's, Ron, it's ridiculous, okay? <laughs> it is ridiculous. But see what's up so I can see what all, that, what all the hype mm, is about. I guess it... It, it, okay, have fun. <laughs> no, but it, but overall, it's it's a good tool. I like it. It's enjoyable. It's just that I was just on there too much. You you. I mean, I put it like this. Um, in another perspective, that tool can be used for like you get to see people's real character. You know what I'm saying? That, that could be a good or bad thing, right? So, um, let's see. Like, okay, um. Like, uh, there's a few people that I follow that are artists, right? They're singers, they're, they're singers and songwriters and stuff like that. And then they know a little bit about the business. And so they're telling their background stories and their history. And you're learning like, yo, this person, I mean, you know, they put their pants on the same way unless they're doing gymnastics and hitting backflips in the air and putting their clothes on. <laughs> but 
um, they're really down to earth people, man, and they're really mm-hmm. transparent. And for for me at least, I like gleaning from those people because you get to see real authenticity. You get to see like, okay, now I understand the way you painted your words a certain way. Now I get to see the way you look at life because you're sharing your personal experiences. And then you got those people that they they front. They, they right, they do certain things for clout, for attention, but they're trying to get somewhere where their character won't sustain them. And you get to see all of that in Clubhouse. <laughs> you get to see, just, without even looking at the people, you just get to hear them talk. And you yeah. get to witness all that. And it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting tool. Like a combination of all the other social media platforms. Yeah. Um, another another version of the same old, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, may, I may check it out one. Yeah, the interesting part out of all of it is that people are just talking. That's yeah. it. That that's it. There's no video chat. It's just people talking. And I'm like, man, I never, I don't know why, but I never, it never really dawned on me how powerful the human voice is. Yeah. Like you know, like your, your father, he would preach us. You know what I'm saying? He would preach to us about that. Like you know, life or death are in the power of the tongue. Watch what you say, and this, that, this, and the third, and word. But words really carry weight. And yeah, I mean, it, we have a perfect example of that based on what's going on in D.C. and in, in the White House for the last yeah. one. You know? Yeah, if it, and and there's throughout history, there's been examples of that. So yeah, that's that should not be news to anyone um just that's paying attention to life and paying attention to themselves you know all you got to yeah. do is think back for if you've heard uh, hurtful words come mm-hmm. from someone that you love or the impact if you said hurtful words to a person that loves you and that does to them it lets you know your words do have impact and so you gotta be careful what you say and uh right. But that's part of being a responsible adult too, um, is Absolutely. to not to give in to every impulse and to pay attention to what you're doing and understand that you know, people are watching and meaning that when I say people, it's not for a judgment. It means that you probably, you know, the same as you were looking at me. I never knew. I knew that kids kind of looked up to me because I was yeah. thinking do autographs and stuff like that but i never knew specifically that you were because you didn't come to many of my basketball games you were at church as a little kid watching me yeah. but you were watching me so if i was acting stupid and acting crazy that could have had a, a impact on you not to say i was some overriding influence but yeah you never know who's watching and who you could be inspiring absolutely and who's looking at you as motivation and that's a blessing if you yeah. have someone looking at you like that especially yeah. someone that's not that doesn't that's doing that by choice not because they have to my look my son he's gonna look at his dad but he's got he's got to look at his dad i'm his dad yeah, <laughs> if, if someone else takes chooses to look at me and 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 look at my past successes and failures as an inspiration or lesson or example at some point they're doing that by choice mm-hmm. and so by them choosing me i think that that's uh very much so an honor and it's something that i take i take seriously and um and so yeah that's um and not to say that i'm a saint or perfect never will be yeah no, i mean who's perfect man? I, I, I try my best to 
comport myself in, in a way so that, you know, it will help to, to, you know, kids like you were to say, yeah. okay, this is a, this is a black man doing the best he can in this world. And, right. um, and he don't have a tattoo on his face yet. So. <laughs> don't do it, man. <laughs> don't, Hey, hold on. Don't do it and come with the Shamar Moore braids. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man so we got like 10 more minutes uh let's see uh yeah uh we got a brother actually i think he's my cousin yeah alvin yeah i think that's i think he's a cousin of mine or like a play cousin he's watching my apostle he's watching so um but yeah shout out to them man um i always when you i think when you had first announced that you 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 were in a different career in, over in cali and you announced it on facebook i thought it was cool i was like man this dude is so cool it's like when i it, it, i know it's, it sounds weird even at 36 i like when i look at you I, it sounds really weird i look at you but i it's like i find myself back when i was little look that's how i see you like i still see you in that certain light like man I want to be like this dude when I and I'm grown. I'm like I want to be like you when I grow up. Just like your 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 character, your conduct, conduct, the, the different things that transpire. I'm like man, not like do exactly what you're doing, but far as when you're talking about like like being impactful, right? Where you're at right now, you're you're really impactful. I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure in reference to the city, you're really impactful. But something that you said and um, you already touched on it before. Uh, in reference to what we were talking about, like knowing who you are, understanding. But I remember, I, I think I said it either on a post that you had posted or I, like, yeah, it was most likely a post. I said, man, I said, I want to be like you when I grow you. like, well, you can. I was like, well, Negro, how? You know, <laughs> like, well, but how? And it's like, I think a lot of us black men, um, we have different, um, we come from different walks of life. Some of us, some of us grew up in the hood. Some of us didn't grow up in the hood. Some of us went to school with people that were in the hood, and then we want to be like them. Oh, I don't want to get started with that because I, I taught. I, I was a teacher for a little bit, and I saw that. Right, I saw kids that did not grow up in the hood associate with kids in the hood to be cool. Right, but that's a whole different. That's a whole different uh, topic. Maybe one day we'll talk about it again later on. But when you when you said that you can. For, for me, it was like, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out, right? You know what I'm saying? How can I, basically, like, what can I do to get out of what, I don't, I don't know what was going on with me at that time. I know I wasn't married. I think I had just moved here to Texas. So I was really trying to like, it was like I had to start all over fresh. I was trying to yeah. figure out life all over again, leaving Kentucky. And I was like, man. And so when you was like, well, you can. I was like, well, how does that? How does that look? You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know if this sounds bad, but I, I look at, cause you, I can I look at you like you're like a bar. Does that make sense? Not like, a, oh, you're a bar. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bar. Like, okay. Well, I might not be able to reach that, but I could probably reach that in my, in my own right. Right. I might not do the same things you're doing. Right. I mean, I wrestled in high school. I didn't make it out to the bat. <laughs> I didn't play basketball in high school. I wrestled in high school. I, I played soccer. I did all this stuff. But it's like, OK, I'm going to do well in what I'm good at. And so so when you just like, well, you can, it's like, OK, I'm just going to do well with what I'm good at. Good with music, my I, I, the way I think. I'm a writer. I'm this, that, this and the third. But what can you tell those men? 
especially black men, they feel as though their lot in life is nothing but death and destruction, so to speak. Like, you know, I, I, I hope and I pray that in this day and age, the number of black men that feel that way is continually going down and down and down and down because we um one thing about us and our culture is that we have always been resilient and we've mm-hmm. always been strong and despite things that have happened to our culture throughout history we're still here right found a way in regards to the the hood and all the other stuff that happens a lot of that stuff is a matter of, you know, socioeconomic conditions. Mm. Not, you know, and most people that's in the hood don't want to be in the hood, but we try to make the best of wherever we are. And sometimes mm. making the best of where we are is to somewhat glorify it and to find mm. a little beauty in it, which you can get, um, which is one of, the, one of the reasons why you got hip hop, you have urban fashion. You know, right. it's, we take what was given us and we make the best of it as much as we can now all that being said just like any large group of people especially a group of people that has experienced as much trauma as we have Mm -hmm. it's important for those of us who have gone to a certain level and have been exposed to more that we try to offer those same opportunities to other young brothers and sisters that are coming behind because it's all about exposure I yeah. think that that make basketball so um, special for me in my life is that it exposed me to things that me coming out of the South Side. Yeah. Oh, you know that, what? That would not have happened. I really don't think that would have happened. I would have been where I am now if not for basketball offering me a see other things. Once I saw those other things, I was able to take advantage of it added to uh, my my skill set and just kind of build from there but if you're only you know you, if you can't get out of that cocoon to see or be exposed to other things then you don't know what you can can do so some of these kids and that's why i said you can do it and i remember oh, i don't know maybe i was at a conference when i was in boston mm-hmm. remember i was the only african-american at the table and we're at a dinner me and business friends and it came out like during the course of the conversation and that they were saying that how extraordinary I was and I got offended and I kind of pushed back on that and I did it clearly so everyone at the table understood. I said, I'm, I'm not extraordinary. I'm not extraordinary in any sense whatsoever. So what I have is that I've been exposed to opportunities that if anybody else from my old neighborhood were exposed to these same sort of opportunities, they would have likely taken advantage of these and they could be here as, as well. Yeah. The only thing in this world that is as difficult as rocket science and brain surgery are rocket science and brain surgery. Just about <laughs> anything else you can learn how to do if you are exposed to it. And that's the thing, a lot of our youth aren't exposed to things that will help them get to that next level. Wow. And that's what they do. So. Wow. Oh, 
man, I, you know what? I said an hour. We got three minutes left. Because <laughs> I'm like, I got more stuff. I'm like, sir, you, that's good. But that's, I think that's the underlining thing or theme overall in reference to, even to what we were talking about earlier, MGTOW, high value character and stuff like that. It's like, what are you being? That's so simple. That's really so simple, Ron. Like, what are you being exposed to? Yeah. And we and we need to be able to change the narrative, not just for our own personal sake, but lit- literally for the next generation, right? Yeah. So. That's what equity is all about. I mean, that's what, um, I'm sorry, you only have a couple of minutes to go, but I was just going to say really quickly in about 10 seconds, that's what equity is all about. The, the whole equity push is for us to have equal exposure and opportunity. So the exposure helps us to prepare for the opportunity. So you, if you have an equitable education system to prepare you, then when the opportunity comes around, you'll be able to grasp onto that opportunity because you were able to pre- be prepared by being exposed to the enrichment courses, the education, the skills, training, whatever. So right. now you can, so what happens sometimes is that they try to give us the, the opportunity before we're ready for it. And then mm-hmm. say, okay, I tried to help you by giving you this opportunity. I said, but you didn't provide the exposure of the type of tools necessary once that opportunity got there yeah help build that and not only will we be able to take advantage of this opportunity but we may create our own opportunity because now we have the requisite base skill set in order to do so and we can just compound the progress that we're making as a culture so anyway that's that though no, that's sorry. That's good. That's good. Oh man, oh man. I want to. I want to keep you on here longer, but we we said an hour, and I and I, I didn't want to take up your time. But no problem. God, man, that's good. <laughs> that's so good, Ron. I appreciate it. Um, I guess uh, one more thing. Uh, is there anything you want to leave the people? Because you're busy. You don't really do much with social media, so I'm not going to even say, hey, plug in your social media. Where can we find you? And stuff. I just say Google the guy. Just just Google him, y'all. I do a lot of uh, given my role I do a lot of you know, um, speaking on, on technical issues pertaining to my job working for the, the mayor of the second largest city in the United States and the third largest metropolitan economy in the world so I'm, I'm very very busy um, yeah. I still I post on social media and stuff like mm-hmm. that I still have you know, my little itsy busy parts of fun but what i want to leave people with is how proud i am of you oh man okay? come on and um i'm serious i'm serious because you um you, you come from an area the same that i come from um yeah. you have forged your way in the world you're still a young man and so your, your journey continues but everything that you've done to this point has influenced or inspired someone and at some point you're going to be on the other end of a call similar to this or a call similar to uh, what we had when you first called me to introduce me to uh, to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say how listening to you helped to inspire them. And that's what we need to push for. So I'm proud of you, brother. Man. Keep up the good work. And to be a wrestler, you got pretty good-looking ears. Okay? <laughs> 
That's a good one. Look, man, I was trying to get a shorty. I ain't want to have no messed up ear. <laughs> oh, goodness. That was a good one. That's good. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It's supposed to be different podcast. Um, this is episode 50, Big Bro Talks featuring Ron Frierson. Guys, you might want to put this one here on replay again. Uh, play it again on YouTube. Play it again on uh, Facebook. And uh, also on uh, Foster Podcasts on Spotify and Apple Music and Google. Well, Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts. This is this one was really good, right? I, I love having different guests on here, but... Uh, for, for me at least this one was like really really special because I, I knew this guy since I was like itty bitty so man just good stuff good stuff Ron thank you again sir I really 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 appreciate you coming through alright guys thanks for checking it out and uh, we'll talk to you guys later